there are many approaches to fertility. If you've been struggling to get pregnant or maybe you're just starting on your journey to pregnancy, you're not going to want to miss this episode. This conversation I had with Sarah Clark takes a functional look at the body and addresses underlying issues. Sarah went through her own journey with fertility. When she was 28 years old, she received a diagnosis of premature ovarian failure. She accepted this diagnosis and had both her kids through in vitro fertilization. Now, years later, she realized the root cause of her infertility was a food intolerance. She is a certified life coach with accreditation from International Coaches Federation and a health coach with training from the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. She's the author of Fabulously Fertile, Supercharge Your Fertility Naturally, Fabulously Fertile Cookbook, and Fertility Preparation Program. She does it all, you guys. Her fertility coaching program, which includes functional lab testing, supports couples to make diet and lifestyle changes that dramatically improve the chances of a healthy pregnancy and baby. Now, on her Get Pregnant Naturally podcast, she shares that with functional medicine and natural fertility solutions, we can eventually reverse infertility. So even if getting pregnant comes super easy to you, I still believe that there's something helpful in this episode just for you. I can't wait to chat. Let's get into the show. I think you're going to be empowered. This is a different kind of podcast. I'm a different kind of nurse and a different kind of doula. Hey there, my name is Allie McLean and I want to welcome you to the Empowered Birth Podcast. My mission here is to encourage you to strive for the best birth experience possible, knowing full well birth is unpredictable, but also knowing that you are powerful and you are able to make the best decisions for you. You're going to get information you won't hear in your basic childbirth education class as well as stories of women and birth professionals who are stepping into their power and birthing their way. You're going to get all the information you need to confidently navigate your journey from pregnancy to postpartum. This podcast is for the woman who is wanting a natural childbirth, but feeling unsure in her ability to. She doesn't know her options and she's feeling overwhelmed, looking for a guide. Is this you? And stick around. You're exactly where you should be. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to the show. I'm really excited to get to speak with you today all about fertility. And this is something where so many women are struggling with it. And I think this approach that you have is super phenomenal. So I would love to hear just more about you, your story. And then how you got into this world of fertility and functional medicine. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, Yeah, I had my own journey with infertility. So in my early 20s, I remember having irregular cycles. I had a cycle came a couple times a year. I had acne on my skin in my early 20s. In my teens, I had no acne at all. I had a yeast infection, kind of not chronic at that stage, but they were coming a little more frequently than, than, than not. And then also I had this weird fungal rash in my chest. So that stage with the irregular cycles, I wanted, I went to my 
GP and was put on birth control and really didn't, you know, didn't fix what the issue was. It was more of a Band-Aid approach. And, but then I obviously started cycling more regularly, but falsely through the, through the birth control. And then I had this plan of getting married at 25, which I did, and then having my kids at 28. So before I turned 28, wanted to get the test to make sure everything was okay because my, my cycle coming off the pill was still coming in a couple times a year. So did that, and then I went to my OBGYN, and I, I was told they had premature ovarian insufficiency, or it was, as it was called at the time, failure, which is the uh, loss of function of the ovaries before the age of 40, and told the only way I'd ever have, my, ever have children was if I used donor eggs. And I remember her reaching up and grabbing the IVF brochure and uh, telling me to go off to the fertility clinic. I didn't take any time to figure out any of those symptoms I was talking about there. I did not get a second opinion. I went straight to the fertility clinic, got on a list for donor eggs, and was lucky enough on the first fresh transfer to have our daughter, and she's about to turn 19. So this is back in the day when you said donor eggs, and people are like, I don't even know what you're saying. (laughs) <laughs> and kind of looking at you with that blank stare. And now, you know, it's become more common. I had someone on my podcast talking about embryo adoption or donation. Mm-hmm. And really there was little embryos waiting on ice for her. So she, she, she adopted these embryos and her, her kids are one in three, but the natural siblings for those children are 13. So they, that little embryos waited there all that time. And so science can do some pretty cool things. But yeah, then after I had my daughter, I remember my health took a nosedive. I had nine colds in one year. Every cold went to a science infection. I thought it was a great idea to take antibiotics for every science infection. Completely destroyed my my gut health. I started getting chronic bladder infections, was peeing blood, took antibiotics for all the all the bladder infections, became allergic to all the the antibiotics for the bladder infections. It was chronic yeast infections at that time, started having seasonal allergies. I had vertigo and toenail infections and dandruff. So basically my, my immune system had taken a nosedive, but it was still still functioning. I wouldn't even have said I, w- I wouldn't have called myself sick at that stage. I just thought, okay, I had all these infections. And then I was in HR for years and wanted to bring a life of a coaching program into the corporate environment. So I took a life coaching course, had my own personal wake-up call during the life coaching course decided I wanted to go into health and wellness, took a health coaching course. And then that's when I discovered I had these food sensitivities. So for me, uh, sensitive to dairy, gluten, and a later corn. And then I also, a couple of years later after that, discovered I had some gut infections, so streptococcus and fungal infections, H. pylori, um, and then also chronic stress. So I still started to deal with all these issues, but really the, the diet piece came first where I was able to then the, the sinus, the bladder, all those things started to slowly go away. And, but I didn't discover this till I was 40. So I was fully in menopause. So it was too late for me, but I really started my whole company and wrote a book and really helping couples to know there's many things you can do. If, you know, if you're still cycling naturally and haven't gone into menopause, still things we can do to prepare the body for a baby and really the functional approach to dig into, well, why is it, you know, what is the root cause and why is it not working in the first place? Yeah, that's a, that's so fascinating. And you know what? So much of what symptoms you were talking about seems so common, but it's not normal, right? right? Like our body should not be reacting that way. So ask 
deeper questions, ask why. So I'm really excited to dive deeper into that because again, it's so common and many women aren't even asking the question like, why is this happening? What is the deeper cause? And could it be affecting my fertility? So this is so fascinating to me. Is there something specific you named off a lot of different symptoms that you had during this time with the fungal infections, yeast infections, you know, all of these different types of colds that you were getting. Is there something specific that might alert a woman to, you know, I'm getting my period, but I'm still not pregnant. Is there, what should she be looking for, I guess, for, to get more help? Yeah. So basically, you know, as like myself went to the OBGYN and then was first given the, the fertility brochure to me, that's the last step. And most people, when they, when they do go there, they feel they, they have done a lot of changes. Most people that are on the fertility journey would say that they're taking, you know, a, a heap, heaps of supplements. They've, they've made some changes to their diet, perhaps maybe they've, they've cha- taken out the toxins, but to really like the functional side of it really takes this very targeted approach. So to me, like when we look at someone's health history, it's never just like, ooh, infertility, you know, oh, a diagnosis of diminished ovarian reserve or, oh, a diagnosis of, you know, PCOS or endo or, or like for myself, premature ovarian insufficiency. It's never just that. There's all sorts of other things going on in the body. And really, it's some people that come to me, it's not a sick population. It's a population that are trying to have their baby, but sometimes you don't know how poorly you're feeling until you start feeling awesome. So for me, you know, I wouldn't have said I wouldn't class myself as sick. I basically, but as I started, you know, having all those infections. So if you've got, if you're typically a person that gets, you know, a lot of colds and flus or stomach flus, all the, oh, I've got a stomach bug all the time. Like that's a key to dig further with infections. You know, why is your body, because we all have that tipping point and sometimes people that your immune system not being able to fight that off. So we see that a lot of a lot with people we work with where they're they're always getting a cold or they always seem to get the flu. They always you know they and and their spouse would be get the same virus, flu or cold, and they're out for two or three days, whereas the woman could be out for weeks, just you know down and out and taking forever to to recover. So as far as other things going on, like from a food sensitivity piece, it can be. Like a lot of times people just think, oh, digestive issues. And you don't, like you say that those symptoms that are common but not normal. So we think of digestive issues such as gas, bloating, constipation, diarrhea, IBS issues. Those are, those are clues or signs in your body to dig deeper. Like I had that bloating thing for years. Like I was tall and slim. That's just my makeup. But I have this little bloated belly. And then that, that went away. So for me, it was bloating and then also skin issues. So for me, I had this, you know, why during my teenage years, I had great skin also in my early twenties. Like, what am I doing with this acne? So so hormonal imbalance. And so it showed up with acne, skin rashes, eczema, which I had as a baby, dermatitis, psoriasis. So those are skin issues. And then also it could show up as mood issues. So I was irritable for like, I just thought I was an irritable person. Turns out, yeah, I can still be, I still get irritable, but now I know why. But it was a lot of it was food sensitivities and gut infections that are contributing to a hormonal imbalance, like with with irritability. So if you are really irritable, or if you're doing the anxiety, depression, brain fog, headaches, those sort of mood issues, to dig deeper, and then the joint issues if you have swollen joints and painful joints. And obviously, we see people they're like, oh, I have infertility, and I have, you know, if they have 
low anti-malarian hormone or high FSH and they've been told, you know, it's donor eggs or they have a very small chance of conceiving naturally. And then the, oh, oh, by the way, I have an autoimmune disease. So it's not, oh, by the way, like that's a huge healing opportunity that in conventional medicine, they'll just potentially just give a pill for the ill. And whereas, you know, we're going to look at the whole body. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit more about the differences? So when it comes to fertility or just illness, I mean, health is so relative. So like you were saying earlier, you don't always know that you're not healthy until you're healthy. (laughs) So it's a process, but can you explain how functional medicine kind of approaches fertility differently than OBs would look at you? Yeah. So we're looking at the whole body. So, and I'm not a doctor, so, but so on my team, I, I, I have um, functional diagnostic nutrition practitioners. So we have access to lab testing. So we use functional lab testing to then really target and pinpoint a plan. Um, looking at your health history. We're also looking at blood chem, um, not to, to diagnose, but to educate. So we're looking at functional reference ranges, which are for healthy people, as opposed to your conventional uh, reference ranges for people with disease, it just flags it earlier. So all, all of this tells a story where we look at your testing, look at your health history, and then as a story of, of what is going on, what is the root cause, and we see like a, a number of themes, like overarching themes are stressors on the body, which would be a food sensitivity, which would be a gut infection, which would be the environmental toxins, like we're exposed to like 85,000 toxins. Uh, mental emotional stress. So using the testing can really pinpoint it, but then you still need to make the the diet and lifestyle changes. And that's why we incorporate um, coaching into our program because the testing is only only the beginning. Sometimes people get stuck with that. But the the overarching thing of the functional side of stuff is to the functional approach is to dig deeper. And it's always the question of well, why? You know, why are you why do you have headaches all the time? Why are you dealing with migraines? Why do you have bloating? What about constipation? Why, why, why? And to dig deeper. Yeah, it's not that band-aid approach. I love mm-hmm. that. And I also like the fact that it is a self-responsibility. It's a healing yeah. journey, but mm-hmm. you're not sitting there being like, this is what you need to do. And here's a pill and you just take that every day and you'll be fine. You know, mm-hmm. it's that's so much responsibility on the provider mm-hmm. to make you healthy. Whereas this is an educational tool to use, to utilize, and go on your health journey responsibly, right? I mean, everybody approaches health differently, and they're all going to have a a different lifestyle. And so applying that to where you're at in life, that's your job. And I love love that self-responsibility part of functional medicine. I agree. Yeah. So how long... Uh, does a typical woman struggle with fertility? How long do they try to get pregnant before reaching out and before realizing, you know, this isn't working, maybe I should talk to someone about it? When do they start kind of reaching out to you? Yeah, so typically it's a, after you've been trying after a year and you're under 35 and then over 35, six months, they would then go to their, typically their uh, physician or, or OBGYN to get some basic testing done, some hormone testing. And then they can do some physical testing, looking at um, pelvic ultrasounds and checking their tubes and checking if there is, if they, they do want to do um, like any internal examinations, you can do that. But most people, so I've started my podcast, Get Pregnant Naturally, because I wanted people to know before they've gone, because some people come to me 
and they've gone through multiple failed IUIs and IVFs, mm. spent tens of thousands of dollars, and then, ooh, what's this functional side of things? So our, my thing is to be able to spread the word to look at that first. Now, why is there an imbalance? Why, why at the age of 35 are you not able to you know, conceive and what, what else is going on in the body? So they're typically seeing me more coming in now, like earlier in their journey where they want to prevent that. But a lot of people come to me and they've just been through the fertility side of thing, the, the fertility clinics, and it hasn't worked for them. And there's obviously a financial toll, but an emotional toll of even being told, well, no, it's going to be it's donor eggs for you. It's not going to work. You got a 1% chance. And then no one's even addressed any, any of the underlying factors. And, you know, the fertility, the global uh, fertility and um, business is worth 25 billion. I think in 2000, 2024, it's going to 45 billion. Like this is big business. And it takes an average, an average of three cycles at a cost of $60,000 for a successful IVF. So I don't know why. And then that's not addressing the underlying causes of why it didn't work. Then you're looking at postpartum issues, people dealing with postpartum anxiety, uh, depression, because those issues weren't, weren't you know, addressed beforehand, and then let alone the health of their children. So you know, we spend an average of you know, 12 to 18 months planning a wedding, and then we want to get pregnant the first month. How, how, how about we switch, you know, switch, switch that around? Yeah, it's a whole mindset change for sure, because we do think in our culture that we can buy one time and, oh, we get pregnant. But yeah. more and more, I think women are realizing that's not how it works. But why is that? You know, why, why is fertility such a big business these days? Is it just because science has improved or is it because we're getting sicker? Yeah, I think it's more like, you know, the handmaid's tale with, with the dystopian world and women in there basically infertile due to the toxic soup or that we're, we're mm-hmm. exposed to are, are you know, in the middle of a huge food experiment with the glyphosate that's it's been sprayed on our, our foods linked to infertility and a whole host of other diseases the, the you know, the 85,000 chemicals that we're exposed to personal care and our cleaning and our, our water, the EMFs, like all of this stuff. And to people to say, and someone to say that that has no impact when like it clearly does. So, you know, is it the fact, you know, our standard Western diet and lifestyle in the States, there was 44 clinics and now there's, there's over um, 440 fertility clinics. So, you know, that's, you can that say tells you something. Yeah, exactly. It tells you something. And it's not to say that a fertility clinic is obviously what they're doing. They're very highly trained professionals in their area of expertise. But if they don't know this, the functional side of things, many people are told that diet and lifestyle has no fat is, has has no bearing or very little bearing or they might say do a, you know do a mind body program beforehand you know focus on stress which is helpful but you can focus on your stress but maybe you're still eating a cheeseburger that's causing inflammation in your body so like, we look at mind body spirit all of it yeah i love that so can you talk a little bit more about diet and how that factors in i know you talked about glyphosate a little bit but even in in western american diet or the standard american diet can you just talk about maybe how that's affecting us a little bit deeper on um, that we don't even realize cuz i know for me i <laughs> we had no idea diet was such a big deal until we were starting to you know struggle along i thought i would get pregnant the first month and it definitely did not happen for my first two kids 
And my last, this pregnancy, we did a whole detox and, and diet change and went plant-based for a little bit. And oh my goodness, I got pregnant without even trying. So mm. it really does make a big difference when not only you, but your spouse or you know partner is on this as well. So can you just talk about the overall importance of diet? Yeah, it's key. And I think a lot of people, there's like missed healing opportunities with this one where, where most people would say they don't have a food sensitivity. And when we have people, so we have both partners do the elimination diet. It's the mm -hmm. gold standard to figure out if you have a, a food sensitivity. So you're taking out the top allergens and then for 10 days and then systematically reintroducing them over the course of 30 days, really see how food impacts your body. So it's really, really telling those different um, health issues you're like oh wait a minute some of these common but but not normal symptoms start start to, to dissipate so and then we tweak it further with food sensitivity testing we like in the u.s we like uh vibra wellness or vibra, vibra america does a, a zoomer test it goes in, into the minutiae of there's a wheat zoomer a dairy zoomer a corn zoomer and lectins as well as there's an igg test in there so looking at the delayed food reactions so the the bread you have on Monday, bread you have on Friday, you don't see what's happening in your body. You get a headache every, every Monday and you never connect the dots. So the testing is really key. Although having said that, food sensitivity testing, it's only a snapshot in time. There's no perfect food sensitivity test. So yeah, if your body's under attack by a food sensitivity, it wants to survive, not procreate. So if you're bringing in, like what you place on your fork every day matters. If you're bringing in, and we see this a lot with people with low AMH, so anti-Mullerian hormone being told, you know, there's a very low chance of them being able to conceive and they have like a high sensitivity to gluten. So non-celiac gluten sensitivity, and you can do a conventional celiac test and it tests for only four proteins in gluten. So there's, and there's over 60 proteins in gluten. So there's a lot of false negatives on the, on the conventional celiac test. And even the Zimmer test will look at, I think it's over 26 proteins and gluten. So there's still, still things that could be missed there. But basically with the conventional one, we are like, oh, I don't have celiac. And you may not have celiac, but it could be non-celiac gluten sensitivity. So for you, gluten is causing, causing inflammation in your body. And like I don't do, as I was saying, dairy, gluten, or corn. And when I take those inflammatory foods out of my body, um, I just feel better. And so if, there, if it's, say your body's under attack, you want to minimize the the stress on the body and food is a huge, huge place to look at. Yeah. I used to work in a restaurant and we used to make fun of people who came in and said oh, that yeah. they were gluten intolerant. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. And now I have high a daughter. Yeah. High maintenance. And I, I have a daughter now who is gluten and dairy intolerant since a baby. And so that's how we've been eating for the past four and a half years. And I can't, I can't make fun of them anymore, but it's so true. You, testing can only tell you so much but if your body is feeling good and you're you're functioning better that way why why not what is you know yeah so, i go to so yeah I'll, I'll go go to a restaurant and someone's like is that a preference or an allergy i'm like it's an allergy because and even mm. even eating at a restaurant unless it's like gluten-free you know the, the vegan ones are typically typically can be better but um not to say i'm vegan i, I eat animal protein but you can still be exposed cross contamination and in the kitchen and people don't know what they're doing. And, and we went out three or four weeks ago and I definitely asked the server to make sure it's gluten, dairy, corn. And 
it came back and there was a sauce on the steak I got. And uh, I was like, no, oh, that's interesting. There's a sauce here. And I was, it was like first, like first patio dinner I've had since COVID. And I was oh, like, yeah. oh, and I, and I usually be like, oh, I don't know, I'll get someone back. And so I ate it and oh God, like three days later, massive joint pain, stomach issues. My husband's saying he's gluten dairy free as well. And he was like, his went to his sinuses. He could barely breathe. Mm. So yeah, I'm like, Oh, I just paid $150 to feel like garbage. So yeah. <laughs> yeah oh man. That, yeah. You really have to watch that once you <laughs> realize mm. what's affecting you. And that's the thing. It, it's so amazing. So many people wake up achy and even mm. myself, I, I mean, I haven't figured it out all of my food sensitivities but you know you can tell that when you eat something that does not settle right you can feel it all over but what is the first step for a woman who is struggling or just kind of has this feeling that something doesn't something's not right some of these symptoms you've talked about today have been very common for her um what is that first step that she should maybe start looking into to start this healing journey? Yeah. So depending on where you are in the fertility journey, if you just got diagnosed, then definitely like, well, really for anyone, actually just to say, depending on where you are. So I would recommend you and your partner do the elimination diet, figure out the food sensitivity piece. If you've just come off of number of failed cycles, depending where you are mentally, emotionally, you may want to step back and really just focus on the basics, which would be just making sure you're having a nice organic, nutrient dense whole foods diet and then also focusing on your sleep getting aim for for nine hours of sleep a day would be the goal and then also drinking water like it seems very basic but i just speak to people all the time I'm like oh, i'm drinking one glass of water a day so mm-hmm. and i was the same i'd be like oh that's great to only pee once a day and now i pee more but because i'm drinking my eight glasses and i and the more you have the you just realize how much you need it and so i I've always got a glass with me, but yeah, and that's critical for the the sperm to, you know, for the cervical mucus to be for to be hydrated for the sperm to get to the egg. So that would be key to make sure that you're hydrated and make sure it's, you know, don't drink tap water. Uh, make sure you have a, a, a good filter for your water. And if, like you, you could start with a Brita. It's not, it's not the best, but at least it's better than tap water. And then our, our favorite is the, the Berkey. I like that one, but it's a little more can be a little more expensive, but the water just tastes amazing. It filters out like 99% of all toxins. Yeah. We just got a water filter not too long ago and oh my goodness, the taste is so much better yeah. than our little filter that we put in the fridge or yeah, Brita filter. And Fresh. it's amazing how, how good it just makes you feel. And I, I was looking on your Instagram too, and you were talking about water filters for your shower. And that is yeah. definitely a next step I want to look into, but you want to talk a little bit about that? Totally random, but I think it's super cool. Yeah, this is if you've got a thyroid thing because the chlorine from the water can then impact the thyroid so and fluoride. So you, and you're exposed to all those vapors in the shower as you're inhaling. All the vapors are going up, and it's actually even more damaging than ingesting them. So you know, you get a thirty-dollar filter. The, the Berkey Berkey has water filters. I think Asana has them too and just slip that on your, your current shower. And yeah, that's key because you could be inhaling and also ingesting them as you're, you know, standing in the shower. Yeah. So neat. There's so much. And so that is why I can see it's very helpful to have a coach walk you through 
this journey? Because when you're starting off and you have no idea where to go, talking to someone who's been there and who helps people through that is super helpful. So if someone is looking to reach out to you, learn more, listen to your podcast, where can they find you at? Yeah, so they can find me on uh, Get Pregnant Naturally. It's on iTunes and Spotify. They also have a three uh, uh, fertility diet, a three-day fertility diet freebie, and uh, that's at uh, fertility diet freebie f r e e b i e dot com. And they can get uh, chef prepared recipes um, for the fertility diet. So basically, non-inflammatory foods, and you can eat this, um, consume this little diet with your partner. And it's not about starvation. It's um, great uh, nutrient-dense foods to help prepare for a baby. I love that. Well, I'll put all those links in your social media links so that they can find more and just learn from you. But do you have any last things or words that you want to leave my listeners with today? Yeah, I think it's the, this quote is, it's either, I always get it mixed up. It's either from Dr. Oz or Dr. Mark Hyman, but basically your body will whisper to you when you ignore the whispers, it'll start shouting at you in the form of disease. So really being able to listen to what your body is saying, like is telling you. And a lot of this too is listening to your intuition and also your gut. If there's digestive issues, your gut too. But, <laughs> but yeah, like listening to your body and um, forming that team around you, it can, it can include your RV, your OBGYN, you know, your fertility coach, your, your fertility uh, nutrition practitioner, um, but you're at the center and you know, you know your body best and really to, to step back and listen to what feels right for you. And if you're like someone that likes to, you know, what should I do and consult 10 friends? It's really, I used to do that too. Oh, I'm going to call everybody else. What, you know, what should I do now? It's like, no, what should I do for me? What's going to feel right for me and getting quiet enough with, with, with that is key. Yeah. Intuition is amazing. And being your own advocate changes you in so many ways. So this has been such a great interview. Thank you so much, Sarah, for joining. Um, go ahead and click the links below and give her a follow on Instagram. Listen to her amazing podcast. And I hope you all well on your fertility journeys. Thanks for having me. I hope you loved today's episode. Let's start asking these deeper questions about our bodies. Our bodies are connected. We are physical, emotional, and spiritual beings. And all of these things should be addressed when looking not just at fertility, but pregnancy and birth. Now, I love to incorporate a holistic approach in planning for birth. If you're feeling unsure about what you're wanting for your birth experience, maybe having difficulty dreaming about your birth, processing your last experience, or have specific fears or questions to talk about, then a birth planning session with me might be for you. My goal is to help you match expectations you have for your birth with the decisions you're making along the way. And I'm here to sit with you and dream with you and just be that sister who will listen and not judge, but guide you to a blissful birth. You can reserve your spot now by going to bit.ly slash birth prep session and signing up right there on the site. I'm excited to chat with you soon. You can also connect with me. Send me a DM on Instagram at empowered birth podcast. See you next time and stay empowered. Thank you again for joining me on this episode of the Empowered Birth Podcast. I'm so excited 
to have you a part of the movement. And if you haven't joined our private Facebook tribe yet, go to www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash empowered mamas tribe. We would love to have you there and a part of our community. We'll see you next time for another episode of the Empowered Birth Podcast.